Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of the Buttered Popcorn Podcast. In this kind of anime-themed episode, we will start off looking at some new releases to hit theaters, do a rundown of some of the most popular works of director Aiso Takahata, we're going to recap the winter 2018 anime season, and also talk about what I'm looking forward to for spring 2018, and we'll have a look at the box office. So sit back and enjoy episode 3 of the Buttered Popcorn Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Buttered Popcorn Podcast. A little bit more of an impromptu episode of the podcast. I didn't expect to create a new episode until at least towards the end of April, but then the unfortunate news of the passing of legendary anime director Aiso Takahata came out, and I realized that I really wanted to talk about his work somewhere, and I figured why not do it on the podcast, considering I also forgot last episode to go through the anime seasons, we are in the middle of transitioning into the spring 2018 anime season, and I wanted to do not only a quick preview of what I'm looking for from this upcoming season, but also a quick recap of what happened in winter anime 2018. Um, so I decided why not put that all together. It is Animation April. I hope you guys are enjoying that series. I'm working on a bunch of different things for the series. Um, but I figured, you know, I might as well make this episode part of that, even though we are going to be talking about some new releases and some things outside of animation. Why not include this in Animation April? Um, so this is an episode of the podcast, but it is going to be considered part of Animation April. Um, with that being said, how are you guys doing? I am, again, super busy. I've been planning a lot of stuff for Animation April, and I'm in the middle of editing and watching a ton of stuff. Um, a lot of TV I've been trying to get through, um, as well as there's been some pretty cool new releases. Like I said, we're going to talk about those in a little bit. I've also been way busy outside of YouTube. I've been working a lot, as well as I just had midterms in college, and that was crazy. Um, I, luckily I got spring break, and that was nice to have a little bit of a break, but I spent most of that working on stuff still. I just have a ton of stuff I've been working on, and I'm really happy to just kind of have some time today, uh, when I'm recording this Monday, I just took the day off of everything, and I'm trying to get a bunch of work done, not just for YouTube, but also in my personal life, um, and I've just been really trying to, like, get a lot done. I think in a few months, it's going to be really nice when summer comes. It's a lot less stressful. Um, I mean, even after Animation April ends, that's going to be a huge series off my chest. And it's going to be a huge relief. Um, but I'm just trying to get through a lot. And I hope that you guys enjoy some of the projects I'm doing. I'm really trying to change up a couple things on my channel. Uh, I want to increase quality as much as I can. The biggest issues right now are camera and microphone. 
neither of them are great, and I don't really have, like, the ability to upgrade those, so I'm trying to work on the quality of reviews, um, just, like, talking-wise, making the energy better, um, thank you to everyone who leaves actual advice on how I can improve, not just saying, oh my god, you're boring, or whatever like that. Um, I do appreciate it when you guys leave actual advice on how I can get better. I'm also trying to do other things, such as podcasts. Um, I did a couple web articles on my website. I'm gonna hopefully have a couple videos coming out soon, which is more analysis videos, where it's just video clips of the content and me talking about it. Uh, hopefully all that is going to be coming out soon, and I'm really trying just to improve the quality of my channel. I mean, I definitely have made leaps and bounds from where I started. I don't recommend you do this, and please don't do this. Uh, but if you go back and look at my old videos, my god, they're terrible. Um, so I'm just trying to improve my channel more because I'm still not happy with where it is. But with that being said, let's get into some of the stuff we're talking about this podcast the first one being new releases. I thought I could quickly just talk about some new releases that I've seen and that I'm looking forward to this week. The main reason I really haven't done this already in podcasts is because not only am I just starting out, but also I don't do this weekly, I don't have a schedule for this, and I can't do it weekly. I know if I signed up for that or even bi-weekly, it would just be really, really frustrating and I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so that's why we just don't have a schedule, but like the new releases and talking about that stuff, I much more prefer to just say I'm going to make one at least towards the end of every month so I can just recap that month. But since we are here and since we are probably going to need some time, uh, I figured let's talk about three of the new releases I've seen. Obviously the biggest new release coming out of this past week was A Quiet Place. This was a film that I was so intrigued by. I believe it was at Star Wars, um, where the trailer, I first saw the trailer, and it was so intriguing and interesting. Um, I really cannot wait for this movie. Just the experience of sitting in that theater and hearing that quietness, it really seemed like it'd be an interesting experience. And when you see 120 films a year, you really value interesting and uniqueness. Um, that is one thing I notice when you see just a ton of films, is so many things you've seen before. And when a movie's able to provide a unique experience that you've not seen before, or not experienced before, it feels so refreshing. And I think that's easily probably the best part of A Quiet Place, is the experience. You have to go to a theater to see this movie. I even think on home media, you're not going to have the same experience. The silence is used so well. They have such a well-put-together soundtrack, and whenever they're using a sound in this movie, they use it in such a precise and smart way. The story itself is also good. Definitely the family aspect of this movie is the best part, and it does feel like the threat is real. Uh, there are some more frustrating moments when you start to think about plot holes, and just overall, there definitely are weaker parts of the plot when you really think about it, but at least there in the theater, when you are just experiencing this movie, 
It is so unique, and I highly recommend you check it out. I will give you a fair warning, this is a jump scare movie. A lot of the jump scares were a little bit weaker, especially there was a scene towards the beginning that starts out with them playing Monopoly. That scene and where they decide to go with it felt a little bit weaker, uh, but this is a jump scare movie, so please be expecting that. If you are interested in checking out a psychological thriller that doesn't have jump scares, if that's not your deal, I recommend you check out It Comes at Night, uh, Nocturnal Animals, go watch movies like those. Uh, those are really, really good psychological thrillers, but if you're in the mood for a good jump scare movie, A Quiet Place is definitely not a bad pick. I also got to see Final Portrait, which I was really excited about. This is an Army Hammer movie. Um, and this is a film I was excited for simply because Army Hammer was in it. I had no clue what it was about. Um, I went to it completely blind, but it is about this painter who is painting this guy, and he says it will only take an afternoon, but it ends up taking like 20 days. It takes a long time, um, and it was good. I'll definitely say I liked it. It has a really well put together script. Um, they do have a couple pacing issues, and I especially found the color palette to be disappointing. It is this very dull movie with a lot of, like, grays as far as visually, it's pretty dull. Um, and I felt like it lacked a certain energy to it. There was also some montage scenes and just some weird editing choices that didn't quite work. Um, but overall, I enjoyed Final Portrait quite a bit. However, it is very frustrating trying to decide what year to say these movies came out in, because yes, I'm seeing them in 2018, uh, but if they open in America outside of film festivals in 2017, I like to put 2017. Um, and it's just, it's very hard when it comes to movies like these, because it's hard to find information. Did they play in New York for a week? Were they eligible for last year's Academy Awards? Um, and then you get people telling you, oh, it's uh, 2017, because it opened everywhere else but the United States in 2017. And it's just, I did not realize putting years on movies when it comes to independent and foreign films, just how difficult that would be and how annoying it would be. And if anyone has an easy way where you can look up the information, please let me know. Um, I know to be eligible to go to the Academy Awards and be, like, eligible to win awards there, you have to have played a week long uh, in the United States for commercial gain, so it wasn't a film festival. Um, so that's one of the ways I check it. Um, but it's hard. For some reason, I swore... I could find their shortlist last year for Best Picture nominations and, like, the 300 films that they considered eligible for that. Um, I swear I could find that before, but I can't find it anymore. Um, so if anyone has an easy way of checking that, let me know. I think I am going to go for 2018 as far as Final Portrait goes, um, but just know that is a struggle. And then I also saw Best Friends Part 1, Volume 1, I don't know what you call this film. It was a really fun comedy. I went with a group of friends, and we had a great time. It's very different than The Room. I want to make that point clear, because so many people are like, this is the new room. It's not at all. Um, it is a comedy film. 
The Room is not a comedy film. This is actually a pretty good comedy film, and easily the best part is I'm actually interested in Volume 2. They do a good job setting up that movie, and I'm really interested in where they can go with it. And I'm also really curious where Tommy Wiseau will go from here, considering he has the mainstream attention. Um, is he just going to continue making these bad movies? Because if so, will he be able to keep like making interesting bad movies? Are they going to become a little bit stale? I'm curious about that, um, but I guess only time will tell. So now let's move on to the entire point I'm making this podcast, Aiso Takahata. Um, this is an anime director, a very big anime director, um, who unfortunately died recently, rest in peace. Um, and he's created some of my favorite anime films out there. Uh, he was the co-founder of Studio Ghibli. This is the same Studio Ghibli, uh, the same studio that created classics like My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, The Princess Mononoke. This is the biggest anime studio in the world. I mean, it's even won an Oscar, which is incredible. It's very rare for a non-Disney studio to win an Oscar, not to mention for a foreign film. Um, that just kind of goes to show the sheer size of Studio Ghibli. It is a worldwide thing. Um, Isotaka Hata is the co-founder of Studio Ghibli, and not a lot of people talk about him. A lot of people look at Hayao Miyazaki, and yes, I think Hayao Miyazaki might be the best anime director of all time um, in animation. Not just anime, but in animation. Aiso Takahata, though, at times is right up there with him. He definitely has a much more interesting filmography, and we'll get into that. Um, but I want more people talking about Aiso Takahata. I want more people seeing his films. Um, and I think a lot of the time, people look at Studio Ghibli, and they just think of Hayao Miyazaki. There is so much more past that, um, and Aiso Takahata is like the other big name. I will say before we talk about some of his films, I have not seen any of his TV shows, um, and I didn't have the time to watch them before this podcast. I have heard that a couple are pretty good. Specifically, I know there's one that got really, really big. Um, I believe it was like Ken and the Wolf Boy. I'm not too certain, um, but he's done a lot of TV also. Just know I've not seen a lot of his TV works. I've not seen them, so I'm not going to be talking about them. I'm also not going to be talking about every single one of his movies, just his main ones that I've seen. And starting off, we can talk about Panda Go Panda. This is a short film I actually watched for the first time right before recording this um, because I didn't watch it previously uh, for my Buttered Popcorn Movie Month on Studio Ghibli. And I've never seen this film, but it's 30 minutes long. I decided why not sit down and watch it. It is directed by Aiso Takahata. And this is a weird movie, to say the least. It's about this little girl who's home alone, and she meets this baby panda, and then this huge panda comes in, this baby panda's father, and is like, let me be your dad. And she's like, okay, I'll be your daughter, but then I'll also be the mother to your baby panda. 
and it's this very weird kids movie, um, and definitely it's a kids movie in more ways than pretty much any other Studio Ghibli work. Um, or actually, I think this might have been pre-Studio Ghibli. This film was written by Hayao Miyazaki also. Um, so, I mean, it's basically the people in Studio Ghibli before they made Studio Ghibli. Um, a weird film, though. But, you know, it is a nice children's movie. At times, it definitely reminded me of My Neighbor Totoro. I don't think it's as good as My Neighbor Totoro, um, but at times, it did remind me of that. I also will say I like the animation in this quite a bit, especially the backgrounds. There's this house they go into, this little girl's house, and the background is very stylized, but it's very well done, and it really stuck out to me. I really like the animation in this short film. Granted, the movements aren't always the smoothest, but this is a 1972 anime short film, so it's probably not going to look the best. I really don't think there's anything in this short film that you need to check out. Um, I mean, if you want like a really just like chill and kind of weird kids movie, I would go ahead and check this out. Um, but I mean, unless you just want a pretty basic kids movie, there isn't really anything here. And if you told me that this film was directed by the same guy who made Grave of the Fireflies, I would not believe you. My god. What a movie Grave of the Fireflies is. This is a brutal movie. I think it might be one of just the most brutal experiences I've ever had watching a movie. It is about this boy and his younger sister, and their mother dies when Japan gets bombed in World War II, and it's not necessarily about war. It's just this bombing happens, it takes out pretty much everyone they know, and instead of trying to get help, this boy is really stubborn. He's like 13 years old, or he's like around that age range, um, where he thinks he can do everything. He really cannot. And slowly, you just see this boy and his sister struggle and starve and slowly die. Um, it is just, it is such a painful experience. It's one of the most emotional anime films I've ever seen. It also is one of the best. This is an amazing movie. Um, definitely not a lot of rewatch value, simply because of how painful it is. And it's really interesting because right in the beginning scene, they tell you that these two die. They do not make it in the end, yet you still root for them so much. And it still is so hard-hitting when they do eventually die. Um, it is just, this is a hard film to get through, but it is so fucking good. It's not a kid's movie, definitely not a kid's movie, um, but if you want just like a slow, really emotional film, please check this out. Even if you don't, even if you're like, I don't really want to watch a sad film, eventually check this out. It's one of the best anime films ever created, and it's kind of wild when I look at his filmography, and to think that this is directed by Aiso Takahata, because in so many ways, it's not his film. Um, so many other of his films have just this brightness to it, and this happiness. This film is so depressingly dark. It's wild to think that this came from him, because it really doesn't feel like that. Next up, Only Yesterday, is another interesting film. 
This is one of those films where Aiso Takahata really experiments with what he can do, especially with the visuals in this movie. It is very much undone. You'll have the animation of the main characters and just generally what you need in a scene, but the surrounding borders, for example, will be white, and it looks like it's kind of a dream, and it tells the story of this girl and just how she grows up. It tells all these simple stories, such as them, I believe, cutting into a pineapple. I forget if it's a pineapple or watermelon. Um, I watched this a couple years back. But they're opening this fruit, and they're just, like, eating fruit, her family is. And then it tells her as she grows up, and as she has, like, her first period. And there are so many, like, just kind of calm things about this movie. Plot-wise, yeah, it certainly doesn't have the emotional depth as, say, Grave of the Fireflies, or even some of his later films. Um, but this is just, like, a really, again, calm film that just tells the story of this girl growing up. And it's really nice again. I hate to say that again, and I know I'm going to say it again by the end of this podcast, but Aiso Takahata is great at just building these nice films where you're just hanging out with a family. And sure, there's not a lot going on, but it's just this nice environment to be in. Um, that's something he really excels at. And this is probably the best that he does it. Next up, on to definitely his weirdest work, Pompoko tells the story of a group of tanukis, or basically raccoons, I guess you can imagine them as, and these are mythical Japanese creatures that have the ability to shapeshift, so they all can shapeshift, and they can, like, bounce, and they can fly, and they can, like, morph into different things. It's this really bizarre movie, yet it works so well. Um, again, it's surprisingly dark at points. You know, it's never Grave of the Fireflies level of dark, but there is a moment where like a tanuki gets ran over and he dies, and it's this really dark scene in this really weird movie um, that overall is generally much more comedic and lighthearted. Uh, but there is an edge here of actual like emotion. There's a lot about deforestation. Um, it's a very, like, weird movie, like I said, Aiso Takahata, not only is he good at making nice movies, he's good at making weird movies, um, and again, this is a weird movie that really works. It's one of those films in Studio Ghibli, I think this and Pocoroso really stand out as just being, like, these strange movies about animals, Pocoroso, in case you don't know, um, not directed by Aiso Takahata, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and I might do a podcast one day talking about his works, um, but it's just this pilot who's a pig, and they don't give any explanation, no one treats it weirdly, he's just a pig, um, yet it works amazingly well, and Pompoko's kind of like that, where sure, these are animals, but they have their own little community, and it just, it works really well, even though it shouldn't, and it never stops feeling weird. The same thing applies to Pocoroso. It never stops feeling weird, but it never gets to the point where it's distractingly weird. It always works, and you can surprisingly connect to these characters quite well. Next up, I'm gonna be honest, we do have my least favorite Aiso Takahata film, My Neighbors, The Yamadas. 
this again tells the story of just a family and it's basically a bunch of short stories of them just kind of living life and being goofy. Again, visually, this is a very weird film. It's very stylized. The issue here is this animation doesn't work for me. I think it looks distractingly ugly. I didn't find this movie to be funny. I didn't like the characters, even though this is meant to be a nice film. Again, you're just kind of hanging out with this family. It just felt boring to me, and I kept waiting for it to be over. Um, I know a lot of people love this movie. A lot of people really do. So I do recommend you check it out, because I do feel like I'm in the minority here. Um, but this is not a movie for me. And finally, we have The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Again, this is a film so many people love, and I don't necessarily love it. I do like this film from an animation standpoint. Again, it's very stylized. It looks like every scene is just a painting, and it looks beautiful. And especially with their movements, there's this scene, I'm sure you've seen it before if you know about this movie, where she gets upset and she runs. And what they do with the animation and how they change the frame rates, it really, really works. And I love their use of animation in helping to tell this story. Which, in case you don't know, this movie tells the story of a young girl who is born from bamboo, and her father decides that she's going to be a princess, so she f is forced to basically become a princess. She's forced to dress fancy, she can't hang out with her old friends, because when she was young, she befriended a bunch of kids who play in the bamboo forest, um, and she's not happy with this life, but she's forced to, you know, live it. Um, and it's a good film, like I mentioned. Um, I don't love a lot of the plot simply because it is a little frustrating. They build up the fact that she misses her friends quite a bit, and even, I want to say, about three-fourths into the movie, we get a very brief scene where she sees one of them, and he sees her. And that dynamic they decide to bring back, only to throw it away, and it is so disappointing where they go with it, and in that, this film is frustrating. It builds up a lot of stuff that doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, the ending is also really what the fuck. I will say this is like a legend. Like this is a real myth that they're telling in this movie. Or a book. I don't know. Sorry, I've not read the source material. Uh, but I know this is a story that already existed. So they couldn't have done a lot to change it. Um, but just plot-wise, I found that this movie is a little bit frustrating, but again, I'm definitely in the minority with this film especially. So many people love this movie. Again, I recommend you check it out. So that's been a quick look at Aiso Takahata's major filmography. I do say he's a director who constantly experimented and tried new things, a very diverse filmmaker, like I said, Grave of the Fireflies, definitely an adult movie, yet movies like uh, Panda Go Panda and My Neighbor the Yamadas are definitely kid movies. Um, and I will just say, I hope he gets some more recognition, considering his name has been bounced around quite a bit in the past week. Please check out his works. Um, he deserves to be talked about so much yet it's sad how little amount of people do. With that being said, um, Rip Aiso Takahata, a really underrated filmmaker, 
Um, and now let's move on, still talking about anime, to modern-day anime. In case you don't know, anime is broken up into four different seasons. You have winter, spring, summer, and fall. And we just got done with the winter 2018 anime season. This runs from January to the end of March. And I figured I would give a quick recap on what I watched from this series or from the season, what series I watched for this season. As always, just know I do have full reviews out for every single one of these series and everyone I'm watching, I'm gonna have a full review out for. Um, I also have reviews out for all those movies I mentioned for new releases, so these are gonna be a little bit quicker in comparison, uh, but still, hopefully, pretty good. So going in no particular order, as far as ones I've finished, because I am a little bit behind with some of these series, uh, A Place Beyond the Universe was the surprise anime of the season, Easily, it was my favorite from last season. It is such a good anime. It tells the story of these four high school girls who decide that they want to go to Antarctica. And it's this really fun story and a really emotional story as all these girls have great chemistry with each other. And there's this moment I don't think I'll ever forget where they're going on to Antarctica. Um, and on the boat on the way there, they all get seasick, and they're just lying up at night talking to each other because they can't fall asleep, and they're all super sick, and that was just hilarious. Um, and the emotions come because one of this girl's mother went to Antarctica, but she died, and there's this really, really fucking touching scene where she reads her emails um, and she finds her mother's old computer, and everyone is outside the door, because she's in, like, this room, right, reading this, and she's reading a letter out loud, and all of her friends are outside the door crying, and it is such an emotional scene. This anime also has an amazing sense of a journey, uh, especially once you go to Antarctica. On the boat ride there, there's moments where you, like, see the first whales, you see the first penguins, you see the first iceberg, and you get this sense of a journey. The first half of this anime, I think it does take a while to pick up simply because it's them planning to go to Antarctica, but once they get on the ship, it picks up, and like I said, I think it is the best anime of the season, and I think it is an anime of the year contender, and already, this is a hard debate to have. This anime compared to Devilman's Crybaby, I think those two right now are the two in the running for best anime of the year. Those are both incredible series. Um, and I think like if we continue to get some really good animes this year, this is a stacked year when it comes to that conversation. And I might need to make a video about it later on. Kokoku, or however you want to pronounce that, tells a story of a family who have the ability to stop time and this is an anime that was fine. They stop time and they learn that others have the ability to stop time. So it gets into this big conflict while time is stopped. And easily the most interesting part of this entire show uh, was the actual concept of them stopping time, learning all the rules that they have to follow while they do this. That was interesting. It really was. Uh, the plot itself, though, just didn't work for 13 episodes. It started to drag, and their decision on how to make it big enough to fit 13 episodes is just to make it bigger. 
if they keep adding stuff, then yeah, it's gonna last 13 episodes, but the story itself just wasn't really that compelling. And those are the two I've finished. There still are two animes I need to finish from winter 2018, one of which is Hakata Tokotsu Ramens. This tells a story of a world uh, where there are hitmen, and originally I wasn't really into this. Uh, this city is overrun by hitmen, like a ton of people are, this is like an official uh, profession. And I wasn't into the series too much, they started to build something interesting, and then it became really filler, and it started to become almost a baseball anime at points, and I wasn't really into it. But then I've started the last Force episodes, I think I only have two, one or two more episodes left, but they started building this conflict. I'm not going to spoil it, um, but we get into one of the characters' backstories, and it has gotten so good. Um, this is an anime that might be worth sitting through the first eight episodes just to watch the last few. I don't know if those numbers are exactly correct, um, but like this is an anime that's gotten so good. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this in the full review once I finish the anime. Hopefully that will be up sometime this week. And then the other anime is Garo Vanishing Line. Now I'm going to be honest, I didn't know this was part of a series. I've not seen or even heard of Garo. Uh, there's been two other Garo series. This one, I believe, plot-wise, is pretty self-contained, so at least that's good. Um, this is an anime I really, really enjoyed the first part of it, considering this lasted two seasons. This started in the fall anime season, and it finished in the winter. Uh, the fall part of the show I loved. I really, really liked the show. The uh, winter part has been a little bit weaker. That's why I fell way behind. I have like 10 episodes to go. Hopefully I can get it out sometimes this week or next week. Um, but just like, it started really strong, it's fallen a little bit flat, hopefully it's able to pick itself back up, it has some really good action, some really good characters. And then, talking about spring 2018 anime, so far I am watching three. What I tend to do is just see if any anime interests me, if they do I start watching them, and then about halfway into the season, once people really decide what the best anime are of that season, I add a couple more on. I'm also going to give quick first impressions considering I've seen the first episodes for all three of these shows. I guess we can start with the obvious one, My Hero Academia Season 3. I am watching. I did not like the first episode. It was this really filler episode filled with like all these recaps I didn't need, and then for the characters that they wanted to push, for the most part, it was characters I didn't like. I don't like the little kid who has like the sticky hair for his power. I find him to be so annoying, um, and I didn't like focusing on him, but luckily it looks like we're going to be focusing on Fireboy a little bit, which is nice, uh, Deku's rival. Sorry, I'm not great with these names, um, but... If they want to focus on him, I'm interested. The weird thing about My Hero Academia is, yes, it's blown up into this huge show, but it's a really good show. A lot of the time, these mainstream shows are not good. That's not the case here. My Hero Academia Season 2, I loved. So, yes, I am excited for Season 3. 
Um, just episode one did not impress me. Also, I'll be watching Major Second. This is a baseball anime that is a sequel to Major. Now, I have not heard of Major. I did not hear about it until I researched this show. But Major was a baseball anime that ran for, I want to say, nine seasons. And it told the story of this baseball player. From kindergarten to him, like, being a professional baseball player. Um, and it ran through, like, all his high school years when he got into, like... I don't know baseball, sorry, like the major leagues um, and him like going to the World Series a couple times and it basically follows his entire career and that is so interesting to me because so many sports anime, you just watch them for high school or you watch a very like short amount of their career. This is a sports anime that shows his entire career and I'm definitely wanting to watch Major, um, but Major Second tells a story of his son and I was like, you know, I might as well watch it so I can keep up with it. Um, and I will say, it's fine so far. I, I do think there are definitely interesting dynamics to have here, especially with this kid trying to live up to his dad's legacy. They're doing it in a couple pretty cliched ways already in episode one. Um, but I'm at least interested in this anime. I do believe that they can do something really cool with it if they do it correctly. Will they do it correctly? You know, only time will tell. Uh, season 1, or episode 1, excuse me, didn't quite impress me, but it didn't quite sell me on the fact that this show would be bad. And finally, we have Persona 5, the animation. Do I know anything about Persona 1 through 4? No. Have I played any of the games? No. Have I seen any of the other anime seasons or series? No. But, you know, I wanted to jump into it, and already, it's interesting. I'm not going to say it's great yet. Um, again, you know, it's one of those shows that the beginning is a little bit slow. It takes a while to fully understand what is going on. Um, but again, there are some intriguing ideas. This is another show with some intriguing ideas. And I think if they do it correctly, it's going to be really cool. But I think it also could fall pretty stale pretty quickly. Again, only time will tell. If you have any other anime recommendations, please let me know. Even if they're not from Spring 2018, and yes, please do share those recommendations. Um, but just other anime you want me to see. My queue right now is pretty full. I have like 40 or 50 anime I want to watch. Um, but I'm always willing to add more to that. So let me know your thoughts if you have any anime recommendations for me. Also a quick congratulations to A Quiet Place proving once again that we want good horror movies. It opened number one at the box office with $50 million. I think if you look at the box office, you can tell that we want good horror movies that are unique. Split made quite a bit of money. It made a ton of money. Um, and A Quiet Place opening number one over Black Panther and Ready Player One. Just, I mean, I don't know who's listening out there. But please make unique horror films. Make unique films in general. These are the movies that are making a lot of money. Making just stupid shit like Pacific Rim Uprising is not going to make money. We don't want to see these shitty movies. We want good movies. Um, I don't know. Just I think it's really cool that we are putting money where our mouths are. It's nothing more frustrating than seeing a movie I hate make a ton of money. 
Um, but whenever we get a movie like this and like Blockers, Blockers open number three. It's nice seeing good movies get recognition. Um, and hopefully studios out there are watching the box office and seeing this. And hopefully we can get some good movies coming up soon. Uh, because I think like through the box office, you can tell that quality is really selling nowadays. Just putting out these shitty franchise films aren't going to make a ton of money. We care about quality, and it's so nice to see the box office reflect that, because uh, it pushes for quality films. And that is good for everyone, especially when you see tons of movies each year. Um, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. You can check out my full reviews on YouTube at Buttered Popcorn. Wherever you're watching this, you should be able to find a link somewhere on the page or just look up, like, buttered popcorn. I don't know. Up to you. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, I've been Carson from Buttered Popcorn. Goodbye. <laughs>